1: A Million Other Choices is a true crime podcast, and as such, we do discuss some dark topics that might be triggering for some. As you are a true crime listener, I support you in your curiosity. However, having lost a family member to homicide, my message is always to remember not just the victims, but the families and friends left behind, and also the officers, detectives, and prosecutors that work tirelessly for justice. There are links to make monetary donations in the show notes, but more importantly, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and press that fifth star on your listening platform to help me grow the show. I hope you enjoy the following episode. This is the worst nightmare anyone could ever imagine, ever. Hello! I hope wherever you're listening from, it's a beautiful day. Now let's get dark and talk about murder. Welcome to A Million Other Choices. I'm your host, Kim. This is the murder of Lucas Fowler, Chena and Leonard Dyke. If you are from Canada, you probably know at least parts of this case. But today I'm including a little bit different of a perspective because murder doesn't just affect the victim and the victim's family. Murder has pretty far reaching fingers. Also, if you're not from Canada and have never been, number one, you should come. Put us on your bucket list. We are probably one of the most beautiful and friendly countries in the world to visit. And number two, Canada is huge and takes up a lot of land mass. But it isn't very heavily populated. And because we're so close to the North Pole, there are large pockets of the country that are completely untouched. If you've ever heard of the Boreal Forest, it is a massive pocket of forest and wilderness that literally circles the entire globe. So if you picture a globe and the top is the Arctic, then there's a large ring of trees going around that that includes Canada, Russia, Norway, Sweden, etc. It takes up 1.9 billion hectares of land and is 14% of the Earth's land, 33% of the world's forested areas. Canada's portion of the Boreal Forest is 28% of it. Now there are people that live in those areas, 70% of them are Aboriginal communities. This forested area in the Boreal is is very sacred to them. And they have lived there for centuries. So I just want to give you sort of an idea of some of the areas in Canada that we have here. A lot of our country is what we call backcountry. So it isn't for your average weekend campers. It is beautiful land. And if you have an adventurous spirit, then have at it but I am a city girl and tend to stick to places where you don't have to take a pontoon boat to get to the corner store. China Deese, nicknamed Sunflower, by her family for her sunny, happy, bubbly personality that stood out, was a joy to be around and had a huge passion for people of all backgrounds and abilities. She volunteered at an organization called Joni and Friends Family Retreats and loved learning about new cultures and just having new experiences in general. She was especially passionate about traveling around the world. Pictures of China are of a woman you couldn't describe as anything less than a ray of sunshine. Her parents, Sheila and Duane had seven other children, so she came from a very large and tightly knit family. Based on the names of her siblings, Stetson, Kennedy, British Katie, Caroline, Everest, and Carson. It's clear she shared her parents' free-spirited nature and zest for life. In 2017, she traveled to Croatia, and while staying at a hostel there, she met a handsome young man named Lucas Fowler. Lucas was the son of New South Wales Police Chief Inspector Stephen and mother Shauna he was the youngest in his family with older siblings Jacob, Isaac, and sister Savannah. Lucas has made his family very proud by becoming an apprentice mechanic and working hard to save money to turn his dream of traveling into a reality. Although they had yet not met China, they could tell that this girl was special and were looking forward to welcoming her into the fold. One of Lucas's friends said, quote, That man was free. He was living life just how he wanted and showing me that life is there to be grabbed onto and thrown into fifth gear, end quote. I watched a video of him laughing and hanging out with friends and singing along to songs on the radio. The two of them together would have lit up any room and they were just fun loving. The very picture of youth and freedom. Both of them loved the outdoors. Because China lived in North Carolina and Lucas lived in Australia, obviously theirs was a long distance relationship. But this didn't bother the two of them at all. They connected on trips that they had planned and had decided when they got married, which they and all that knew them expected they would eventually do, they planned to locate in Australia to raise their kids, which China joked was so that their kids would have an Aussie accent. So in 2019, when Lucas came to North Carolina to stay with China and her family for Thanksgiving and Christmas, Lucas secured a job on a ranch in northern British Columbia. Facing his first Canadian winter, he sent a picture of himself complete with a beard full of frost, saying, quote, This is what happens when you're out checking fences on a snowmobile in minus 36. His dad wrote back, Easy way to get a haircut just snap it off. China then traveled out to BC to visit for a bit, and while they were there, besides sending pictures back home to one of her brothers of herself branding a cow, they planned a summer three-week road trip to visit some of Canada's breathtaking national parks. They left on their road trip on Saturday, July 13, 2019, from Fort Nelson, They packed their meager belongings into Lucas's old two-toned blue Chevy van that he had repurposed as a makeshift camper, and they set off, stopping for gas to fill up on the way out. They were headed to Alaska, which I realize is not in Canada, but it was their first stop. Security footage shows China cleaning the windows of the van, while Lucas fills it up with gas. They have a sweet hug. Both of them go into the store part of the gas station and China comes out with what looks like a Slurpee or ice cream that she's licking. They are the cutest couple, and I'm very sad for them. They get back into their van and head out. Fort Nelson, BC to Anchorage, Alaska is about 2,100 kilometers or 1,300 miles. According to travelmath.com, that's about a 25 hour drive. Both China and Lucas were experienced at road tripping and also experienced doing so in an old van prone to engine issues. On Sunday, July 14th, they ran into some of these engine troubles. Curtis, a mechanic, and Sandra Broughton encountered Lucas and Chyna broken down on the side of the highway around 3.30pm, so they stopped to see if they could help. Lucas and Chyna, having had this issue before, knew that the van was simply flooded. So they had pulled out two lawn chairs and were having a picnic while waiting to give the van time to unflood. Curtis was impressed with them and their knowledge and the good spirits that they were in despite their turn of luck. They offered them some food and water and were confident leaving them to wait it out and they would once again be on their way. On Monday, July 15th, one of China's brothers sent a text to China to see how the trip was going but didn't hear anything back. On that same morning, just after 7 a.m., Trevor Pierre, a highway worker, spotted the blue van parked on the side of Highway 97, known as the Alaska Highway, about 160 kilometers southeast of Watson Lake in the Yukon and near the tourist attraction that is Laird Hot Springs. He noticed the right rear window of the van was blown out and shattered. He stopped to investigate, and found a grisly scene at the bottom of the ditch to the side of the road. The bodies of a man with no shoes on, and a woman with only one shoe on. It was clear both man and woman had been shot. RCMP discovered after an autopsy on the couple was done that the shots had come from behind, and that the damage to their vehicle was not seen by Curtis and Sandra Broughton who had saw the couple on the evening before. An investigation is immediately begun into their deaths, and Lucas's father and two officers from Australia arrive to help with the investigation. Lucas's father, Stephen Fowler.
3: As you know, I may be an experienced police officer, but today I'm standing here as the father of a murder victim. We are just distraught. This is really torn two families apart. Uh, Our son, Lucas, was having the time of his life traveling the world. He met a beautiful young lady and they teamed up. They were a great pair and they fell in love. We were overjoyed for Lucas. He came to Canada and he planned a trip in a van. With China. We'd been talking about it, we'd been discussing his trip and he communicated with us as they were leaving. What happened after that, time will tell I guess. Uh, we are hopeful of a positive outcome and obviously we're appealing along with the RMCP for anyone to contact who may have any information whatsoever. However little, please contact the police. Lucas was was just a, a fun-loving guy who, you know, had a goal to travel the world. He He saved up all his money whilst he was working in Sydney. He Uh, Set out on an adventure with a mate. Uh, Along that uh, tour he met China and uh, they became an inseparable pair. You know, it's a a love story that's ended tragically. It really is the worst ever love story because we now have Two young people who had everything ahead of them uh, tragically murdered.
1: Four days later, on July 19th, a red and gray Dodge pickup with a camper top is spotted on fire 50 kilometers south of Deese Lake, which is about 500 kilometers west of Liard Hot Springs. The vehicle belonged to 18 year old Cam McLeod, who was traveling with his longtime friend Briar Shimigalski, also 18. Cam and Brier had grown up together in Port Alberni, a logging city in the middle of Vancouver Island. They had left Port Alberni on the 13th of July to look for work in Whitehorse in the Yukon. This is Brier's father, Al.
4: They had told me that uh, the Walmart jobs just weren't cutting it. They were going to go to Alberta and make... Some proper money. I believe that's what they were going to do, and I was absolutely flabbergasted to learn that two days later, and I found this out from the paper, that they were up in the Yukon.
1: Their families had not heard from them since July 17th when they reported to their families that they had run into some car trouble. Neither Cam nor Breyer were found anywhere near the burning truck. As the police arrive at the scene to investigate, a passing motorist stops to tell them that he has spotted a body at a nearby highway pullout. RCMP that arrive at that location find the body of a man who was between 5'8 and 5'10, heavy build, with gray hair and a beard, who is deceased.
4: It was Monday morning, and I was reading the news. There was my kid's picture on the front cover of the Vancouver Sun, missing. That's how I found out.
1: Around this time, the public and the media start to link the incidents together. Five people either missing or dead in less than a week is a bit unusual for this area of the country. RCMP asked the public for help in trying to locate the two missing teens. At this time, the body of the third victim had not been identified. This is starting to look terrible, and people are getting a bit freaked out that there's a madman running around in Alaska taking random people out random crimes are the most freaky to me on july 21st a 16 second clip from surveillance footage inside a hardware store in meadow lake saskatchewan captures footage of cam mcleod and and briar smogelski walking down an aisle and leaving without making any purchase alive and well
4: here's my kid eh? (laughs) you boys are smart they're intelligent Kudos, boys. Kudos.
1: Kudos. Then later that same day, they are pulled over by First Nation Safety Officer Albert Saunders on a routine traffic stop. Albert searched the vehicle but only finds survival gear and maps, but did note later that, quote, They looked scared. I spoke to the one with a mustache, Cam McLeod. He just kept saying, sorry. They didn't say where they were going. End quote. The next day, a grey Toyota RAV4 is found burning on a dead-end road near Gillam, Manitoba, by a local Cree Nation man and his wife named Billy Berdy. RCMP believed this vehicle was being driven by Cam and Briar, as the last spotting was in northern Saskatchewan in that vehicle. Police began an expansive search of the community in nearby Fox Lake, Cree Nation, an inhospitable and very rough terrain thick with bushes and trees, swampy and infested with mosquitoes. They use police dogs, drones, and heavily armed officers. And they use Billy because he is one with the land there, having grown up in the harsh conditions. There are several ways out of the area, and they needed an expert. This is very northern Manitoba, like near the Northern Territories. It is beautiful country, but not accessible and very harsh living conditions. On July 23rd, RCMP officially named Cam and Breyer as suspects in the death of China Deese and Lucas Fowler and the unidentified victim.
3: Given these latest developments, Cam and Breyer are no longer considered missing. The RCMP are now considering Cam McLeod and Breyer-Schmigelski as suspects
1: now, if you're not from Canada again, you might be thinking, well, nothing about being in BC one day and then Manitoba the next. But to those of us that know exactly how large this country is, they must have been booking it. Going from Anchorage, Alaska to Gillam, you would have to take the Alaska Highway and drive straight through for two days, five hours and seven minutes. A massive countrywide manhunt is launched and people in the community around Gillam are warned to stay indoors and be vigilant. On July 24th, RCMP identified the body found there near Kem and Breyer’s burnout truck near Dees Lake, as that of Leonard Dyke, a married 64-year-old lecturer at the University of British Columbia and father of two grown children. Leonard lived in Vancouver. He was a botanist who studied the ecology of seaweed. He was well-liked and would often lead enthusiastic and interesting field trips for students throughout the Pacific Northwest. An avid camper, often camping rough on his own, he was on a trip to visit his kids when he took a few days for himself for one of these solo camping trips when he encountered Cam and Briar. His fellow professor at UBC, Patrick Martone, said of Leonard, quote, When you first meet Len, he had a somewhat gruff exterior, but students soon realized he was knowledgeable, a trusted teacher and scholar who loved sharing his enthusiasm and curiosity and showing them how to uncover hidden gems in the natural world, end quote. On July 28th, after days of searching in the Gillam area, RCMP receive a tip that moves the search area to York Landing, Manitoba, about 90 kilometers southwest
2: of Gillam. Last night at approximately 5 p.m., the RCMP received a tip that two males matching the description of the wanted suspects were seen in York Landing, Manitoba. York Landing is approximately 90 kilometers southwest of Gillum and is only accessible by air or via a two-hour ferry crossing in the summer. Based on the information received, the RCMP immediately deployed multiple resources to the community. Officers searched the, the York Landing area throughout the night and continue their efforts today. Stay indoors as much as possible with their doors locked and to report anything suspicious by calling their local police immediately. The logistics even uh, like this is northern manitoba so when we get a tip um it's not just you know you can drive there in 20 minutes this is okay now we need um flights we need to get our members out there so the logistics of that the the darkness um the terrain all that is is obviously things that uh, are tough to deal with so people were actually pretty impressed that
1: they had made it that far However, not knowing if the tip was credible at this time, they left some ground crew in the Gillam area. A member of the Bear Clan neighborhood patrol group spotted two people who matched Cam and Breyer's descriptions rummaging near the dump there. More than a dozen heavily armed officers using ground patrol, canine units, drones, and helicopters swarmed the community of 500 people and searched through the night and into the Monday. The community and York Factory Cree Nation are placed on lockdown, and residents are asked to stay indoors. They tried to build a containment area blocking off road access, and they use helicopters to patrol the banks of the Nelson River.
4: Mounties are going to shoot first and ask questions later. Basically, he's going to be dead today or tomorrow. I I know that. (laughs) I was seeing SMP, Spider, I love you. I'm so sorry all this had to happen. I'm so sorry that I couldn't rescue you.
1: I just want to give you a better sense of the area that they are searching for them and what they're working against. This is Clint Sawchuk who runs an adventure tour out near Gillum.
0: Uh, it's not it's not really a uh... Place to walk—that's for sure. It's—it's it's all swamp. Yeah, there is, there are, there's transmission lines, old rail bed, stuff like that. that's uh, not too bad, but you get off the beaten trail, and it's—it's all swamp. You're up to your waist in water. Awesome. You'd be, you'd be soaking wet, and bugs have eaten you. Temperatures—it's plus thirty yesterday, and it's plus twelve this morning. So not uh, not, not favorable. That's true. Forms of uh, sand flies, um, enough to drive you crazy. There's, you know, there's uh, wolves and bears, and if they're heading out to the coast, we're sort of 65 miles from the Hudson Bay where the boulder bears are, so you know, they're not uh, they're not uh, friendly animals. That's always an issue. There's everything up here. It's, it's kind of no man's land. It's scary scary being out in the bush if you don't know what you're doing i don't know it's it's the end of the road here dead end um, unless they were thinking there's uh there's winter roads that head out to ontario so unless they were but the it looks of it, they're traveling the northern routes maybe they thought they could get to roads or swamps unless they just seen those maps you know if they're from a forestry Everywhere else in Canada, you know, the old dirt roads, they kind of thought off the beaten paths, but yeah, these aren't passable. That's my only guess. Possibility, like there's boats laying around everywhere, um, but the Nelson River is not a river to be uh, taken lightly. Um, I guess if they were to travel during the day, uh, there's chopper surveillance and stuff. They try to travel at night. There's, There's... there's huge rapids just eight miles down from where they found the vehicle that uh, they wouldn't make it through alive. And if they made it to the coast, that's a whole new ballgame. They got tides and, and uh, polar bears, storms.
1: On August 2nd, a damaged boat, several personal items, including a backpack and a sleeping bag, linked to Briar and Cam were found along the Nelson River, which flows between Gillum and Fox Lake. Because of the terrain, the helicopter was not able to land and retrieve the items, so the police got a boat and asked Billy Bairdie to take them out there. It's a dangerous waterway, so again, his expertise of the area and conditions was needed. Billy knew that they were alive when the items were dumped because the water moves too fast for them to have just washed up so that he knew they were in the area. Berdy was once again called out to take officers on a search of the water downstream from where the items were found. Along the way, the water moves very fast, so it's hard to really see the edges of the river for something specific. But Beardy happens to see on the banks along one of the ravines a raven that flew up as they passed. Billy knew that if there was a raven in the area, it's eating something, and that something is likely dead. On August 7th, they find the bodies of Cam and Briar eight kilometers from the the burnt-out RAV4 found in July. They had died by suicide by gunshot. In September, RCMP released the investigation information that they had gleaned. The evidence included six videos on a digital camera found with their bodies in which they take responsibility for the murders and say that they plan to kill themselves. One of the two semi-automatic rifles that were found near their bodies was purchased legally from from a Cambela's hunting supply store in Nanaimo before the two had made their way to the mainland BC. They had used CAM's possession and acquisition license the origins of the other, older, second rifle had not been determined. Police say that the parts feature several different serial numbers, suggesting that the gun was put together from different weapons over a number of years. They released that Leonard Dyke died from a single gunshot wound. A casing matching one found near Fowler and Deese's bodies was found pressed into the ground. In the videos that have not been released to prevent copycat crimes and give Cam and Briar any added notoriety, the first one is only about a minute long. They confess to the three killings and say that they plan to go to the Hudson Bay and hijack a boat to travel to Europe or Africa. In the second video, which is also about a minute long, Briar says that they have reached the Nelson River and they may have to kill themselves to which Cam agrees. In the third, Cam and Briar have shaved in preparation of their own deaths and have plans to kill more people. They say they expect to be dead in about a week. In the fourth, they say they have decided they have to shoot themselves. In the fifth, which is about 31 seconds, it's kind of a last will and testament, where they express their wishes to be cremated. The last and final appears to be unintentionally taken. and doesn't really reveal anything. Several witnesses and tips helped the investigators trace the pair to gas stations where items, including food, a jerry can, and even a cowboy hat were purchased at different times. Remnants of a lot of those items were found at or near the two different crime scenes. Despite all that was discovered, we still have questions. Who were Cam McLeod and Briar Schmigelski? And why did they go on a killing spree? Briar's father, Al, tries to explain a little bit about Briar.
4: They hung out all the time. Uh, Briar never had Cam stay at his mom's house or or his grandmother's. It was always at Cam's place or they had a few other close friends and, and, and they'd have their camp outs and all that. I don't know much. I just... I don't want to offend Cam's, Cam's family, okay? So I know they're hurting as much as I am. I know they're very confused. All I can say is my son did not have any real guns. My son did not have a vehicle. My son does not know how to drive. He was very introverted, and, and he was very heavy into video games. When he came to work for me for the summer, I, I didn't pay him. I just had a very expensive, custom-made computer for him, which he was quite content with. You know, he wasn't into the ones where, you know, you have your machine gun and go shooting people. He was more into strategy, where you move your troops here and there. So his influences haven't been good. His influences have been YouTube and video games. They never got in trouble with the law. They never got into fights. You know, they were just hanging out and having a good time. They weren't scrappers. They weren't cursors. You know, they didn't go play Mr. Man like Marshall. No, they were just everyday, regular kids. But both of them have to have a lot of pain inside. Both of them. Well, he's been angry since his mom moved away with him when he was five years old. And he had a lot of time with very little attention given to him. And I know that. He could have had a better upbringing he was raised by youtube and video games that's who raised him. youtube and
1: video games Breyer had a facebook account linked to an account called elusive gaming which included imagery and themes of far-right politics communists and fascist things sexualized japanese anime and survivalist video games it also showed an image of him in military fatigues holding a rifle and a red Nazi swastika armband and a knife with the German words for blood and honour on the blade. Another photo showed him in a gas mask. Less is known about Cam McLeod other than that he is 6 foot 4 and 169 pounds. But his father Keith said, quote, This is what I do know. Cam is a kind, considerate, caring young man who always has been concerned about other people's feelings, end quote. Classmates described him as social and friendly, but reserved. His Facebook account suggests a heavy interest in communist groups and elusive gaming. It seems there were a lot of warning signs that both boys were troubled, and looking to violence and guns to fill some kind of hole that they felt were missing. I kind of hate it when the killer winds up dead. I like answers and I hate wondering.
4: I wanted my son to be someone amazing. I wanted my son to have a future. Like, there's a lot of things that have happened and none of it could I volunteer for, okay? And none of it do I wish on any other parent. Little boys on the run, right? It doesn't just happen. Something led up to it. And the fact is, nobody knows what happened out there. We know that this is one of the largest manhunts
1: in Canadian history on two little boys. Unfortunately, we'll, we will never know what specifically drove them to go on a murder spree in the wilderness. But I do remember the manhunt on the news every night for about two weeks. It was frightening, the random nature of the killings. And I remember thinking how they were just kids. Teenagers
4: don't always think like mature adults. Everybody's so quick to judge.
1: I got to stop. But I guess it's always easy to see warning signs after it's too late. I really don't know how we can do better. We've all seen someone we think to ourselves, well, he's a loose cannon. But how do you lock someone up for something you think they might do or are capable of? but haven't done yet. These kids had no criminal record. Neither did Dustin. Neither did Ian Gordon or Kevin Rublets. It's scary out there, my friends. Trust no one. Everyone you meet is capable of murdering you. And that was the murders of China Deese, Lucas Fowler, and Leonard Dyke. Join me again next week for another case. Don't forget to rate, follow, review, etc., etc. And thank you so much for listening.